Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm on the phone. My computer's dead, so I don't have one right now. So we are literally phoning in this podcast. Isn't that right, Josh? Yep, we are literally phoning it in. I suppose it's better than mailing it in. Like, if we were mailing in this podcast, like just sending replies to each other by mail, just back and forth through an entire – that would be the most miserable podcast ever. would be like, all right, we've got a parcel here from Gray. Let's see what he had to say about Mbappe. Wow, that sucks. Well, I we'll agree, have that Gray. too in two weeks, yes. Well, <laughs> so, up and running. Yes. Um, so, as we found it in, we actually have quite a bit to discuss, and we will get right on that right away, namely the fact that for the first time in – what are we at here? Three years, technically, but in terms of actually purchasing one from another team, for the first time in six years, Manchester City Football Club have bought a fullback. And his name is Kyle Walker, and he has cost the club $45 million plus $5 million in add-ons is the official line, despite I, I, what certain I, are you people sure are reporting. Are you sure he wasn't $100 million? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The world's most expensive defender at 100 million. Are you absolutely sure the add-ons didn't didn't double it? I'm absolutely sure. Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't. I can't believe. Like when I saw that, when I saw that, because I know I know a bunch of our fans have seen that. And if you hadn't, I forget which tabloid it is, but I'm going to go with the Sun because it's almost always the Sun. Um, though it could have been the Daily Mail. But anyway... Uh, I think it was the mirror in this instance, actually. Actually, you know what? You're right. I do believe you're, I do believe you're right. That's, I think that's why I found it odd. So at the top of it, 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 it says like $100 million man, and, and it's got Kyle Walker underneath. And you're just like, wait a minute. When in the hell did this transfer become a one hundred million dollar transfer? Like, and even if it did, who gives a damn? It it was, however, the Sun that wrote an extensive column in in which they basically slated Kyle Walker and went and were like, fifty million, forget that. Last year, he didn't even look like he was worth the five million in add-ons, and I was like, no, this is all very revisionist, isn't it? So, you know. At this point. Yeah, um, as soon as as soon as Sanchez joins Manchester City, people are going to be talking about how he struggles and, and oh, how it's, it's, it's already starting in terms of the. Uh, that's how I knew that it was on and that this wasn't just like a bunch of paper talk. Is when the thing started getting floated to the press about how he wanted four hundred thousand pounds a week and. Um, you know, all this stuff about his, his, his playing Arsenal. And I was like, well, Arsenal are bracing Arsenal are starting to, uh, to plant the seeds, aren't they? So that they can make it look like, oh, it was all his fault. He's a greedy, greedy jerk. And we did everything we could, but nothing was enough. And blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like, and everyone, all, the media will happily play along. And it's, you know, here we go. Yeah, it's um, it's a little too easy for the media with City. Like, it's almost predictable. It's like you can get get into an argument with some of the media members uh, who cover this stuff. 
like, forget your Stan Collymores of the world. Like, that guy is basically, I don't know, Jason Whitlock. Um, but uh, it never fails. And I talked about this. I'm like, it never fails. Whenever players are moved over from or to city, it's always about the finances. Never mind the fact that Manchester United have spent well over $170 million just on two players. Let's worry about the fact that City, who, A, were not going to meet their English quota, and, B, had no damn right-backs, they were in a position to where Tottenham chairman Daniel Levy had them over a barrel. He said 50000 City tried every different offer they could. Daniel Levy said, no, when I say $50 million, I mean $50 million. That's what you're going to pay. It was a very similar situation to Raheem Sterling and Liverpool. If you want one of our best players, you're going to pay us half of, of uh, $100 million just to get him in the door for talks. That's just the way it's going to be. And that, in the end, City had to do that. Honestly, Whenever I start seeing, like, because it's looking like Alexis is going to go in the 50 range, right? Like, that's that's a lot of what I've read. If he goes, yes. Okay. So, instead of City being, I don't know what the word is, themselves, and going and offering Arsenal a bid of, let's say, 38 plus 10 to 15 millions in add-ons, I, I I don't know, dude. I I, I struggle. I struggle. Seri- I, I seriously struggle to understand why it is so important that every single player City buys, we have to go over their monetary contributions. We have to go over what they'll be making, how much their add-ons are. And going back to Alexis Sanchez, if City go in there, knowing that it's going to be $50 million, and, and like I said, they throw away, throw in that, you know, say we'll do it for 38 plus whatever in add-ons, and you know that Arsenal are going to kick it back, just start the bidding process at 45 plus $5 million in add-ons, and let's get Alexis in here. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree, though I suspect Arsenal are going to set up a, a fight until, like, it just feels like that's going to happen. I don't, I don't think they're quite ready decision. to accept reality yet. Yeah, I mean, he, he said, um, it was yesterday, he said, yeah, look, I've made my decision, I want to play in the Champions League, and it's up to Arsenal. And as we know, we know how Arsenal works. They're just, they're going to kick and scream, and it, it until the last possible minute. I genuinely do not believe that they will actually let it go to the point where they risk losing him on a free next summer. I don't really actually think that's going to happen um, because that it just seems like such short-sighted um, nonsense. And I, I, I mean, you can say, I, I'm sure they expect that they can get back into the top four next season, but can they really? 
I don't know about that because, uh, you know, Chelsea, uh, did, you know, the teams don't have to pass. They will have to pass um, one of City, Chelsea, Tottenham, or Liverpool. They will have to keep United from passing them. Um, it, it's it's they have a very hard road to the top four, especially after they missed it last year. Um, and 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 I don't think they're going to sit there and, and risk and be like, well, if we if you know he's not going to give them any guarantees. Like even if they make top four, he's not going to sit there and be like, yeah, um, I will definitely sign if we make top four. It's not going to happen at this point. So. I, I don't actually think that they're 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 going to let him run down his contract, and I think that if someone offers fifty million, they will give. The in. reason the reason that I think Arsenal would get it done sooner than later is because they're gonna have to replace that. Yeah, it's holding up the rest of their transfer business. Yeah, I I, I, I mean Thomas Thomas Lamar and Alexander Lacazette, great players, mm-hmm. but. You still don't yeah. have a replacement for Sanchez. Mm-hmm. I saw really that that they were going to make uh, a move on Mares. Yes, I think that would be a fantastic replacement for Alexi Sanchez. And I actually truly do, and I'm not just saying that. Like, uh, I think Riyad Mares is a little bit younger. I think he's a little bit pacier. Um, I think he can do a few more things with the ball. He's not as weathered as Alexi Sanchez. In many ways, even though Arsenal fans aren't going to feel like that right away, in many ways down the line, that would almost be an upgrade for him. It's somewhat similar to the role that Bernardo Silva is going to play for right now. For right now. But as as soon as David Silva starts to decline... I think Bernardo Silva is going to have a much, much larger role with the team. Yeah, I mean, Mares isn't, like, super young. I, I don't think there's anything that Riyad Mares does better than Alexis Sanchez does. I think it's a downgrade in the But they're not going to get um, – they're not going to replace him with one player. It's not possible in, uh, in this year's market. There's no one player available that will – that will do the job for him. And he's a little younger. He's 26. I think he'd be a fine replacement for them. And I think if they want to get that done, they should. But um, it, it, it's just to the point where I think I've, I've read that it's holding up the rest of their transfer business. Um, and, and and you can understand why they'd want to get that done. On the other hand, that is a fan base that will revolt if they sell him to a rival without looking like they put up one hell of a fight. So... I, I'm not sure what they'll do, but um, Nor am I. yeah, I I, I I I don't know what they're going to do, um, but that was they probably should have made top four because they they put themselves in a really awful position no matter what they do. They're cause they're, they're at this point there are two options appear to be sell him to a rival and face the wrath of a fan of the fan base or keep him and run the very real risk of letting him leave for nothing next summer. I don't think they'll do that. But, um, yeah, um, Kyle Walker, indoor, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit. It's, is, 
it's it's a good signing. It's to say I I I feel like I want to say that they probably did ultimately pay a little too much, but in this market they really didn't, especially considering he's English. And you know they they'll get criticized for not buying English players, and then when they buy them they'll get criticized for overpaying for them because there is the English player premium. Um, because that's just how it works. There's quotas to fill, and thus those players become more valuable. So, I, I don't know. They had to get something done. They did. And I think they've done the best they can. This is a guy who has been one of the Premier League's best right backs for the last five, six years. So, I don't really... I don't have any complaints. And the fee, I don't have any complaints about the fee because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what we think about the fee. It's not like they can't afford it. And it's not City's responsibility to ensure that the transfer market is balanced for everyone else. Yeah, I don't, you know, I didn't see United, uh, people asking United to apologize for spending. Like, look, United spent a world record fee on a guy that had as many assists as, like, I don't know, I, I, I saw a tweet the other day. It was pretty hilarious. Um, but it was like an injured player. Uh, he had as many assists. Uh, didn't, didn't Walker have like as many assists as Pogba last year? I think so. Yeah, I think that might have been it. Um, uh, so you 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 know you look at what United paid for for those two players for Romelu Lukaku. First of all. When in the hell did Lukaku become a 75 million pound striker? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just curious because when I saw that they paid, he's a good that, player, I, and I, yeah, I mean, five million. He, he, no, but is anyone worth what they're getting? I mean, I just. I, I I feel yeah. like it's it's I would I have paid it? No. I think you could have done better for seventy five million. Um obviously Jose puts a big premium on the fact that he has Premier League experience. Um or something like that. Or the fact that Real Madrid were dragging their feet on Murata. Something like that. I don't know. But it's it's just I I find it easy to be critical of transfer fees, and I could be critical of a lot of them, but we live in a world where yeah. basically all these clubs have so much money. It's that printing paper. They're printing money. This, this, yeah, this is not going to set Manchester United back in any way, shape, or form in the same way that spending $30, $40 million on Ederson, spending $43 million on Bernardo Silva, spending $50 million on Kyle Walker, spending $50 million on Alexis Sanchez, spending $40, $50 million on Benjamin Mendy, it's not going to set City back. I mean, it gives you the risk of being a high-priced flop, but if that's the worst thing that comes out of it, your your football club is still on stable financial footing when it's all over. In the grand scheme of things, it is a giant waste of money if it doesn't work out, but it's also like, well, okay, we probably shouldn't have invested in that, but it's not going to cripple us in any way, shape, or form. It's just going to suck trying to get the wages off the book and taking a huge loss. 
So it's we're we're watching clubs. It's it's not like we're watching clubs spend well beyond their means. It's just the world that we live in in the Premier League now. These absurd things are happening that that are at least for the moment the new normal. What's funny to me is that um, you know you look at these these two United players who cost between them around 175. Um, Pogba was a target, but I he sort of became a target. After United struck out on everything, like, United go into windows and they think, oh, we're united. Like, people are just going to come to us. And then they've got the Alvaro Morata situation. And United fans swore Alvaro Morata was coming, right? Alvaro Morata never came. Instead, they got Romelu Lukaku, you know. And now all of a sudden there's rumors that uh, Mourinho's thinking about bringing back Zlatan on a one-year deal. Well, yeah, dude, I would imagine why. Like, you just spent $75 million on a guy who is iffy at best. Uh, he has Premier League experience, no doubt, and can score at a relatively high level, but Lukaku isn't netting you the kind of goals that that you need to win a Premier League, and United just aren't getting enough goals elsewhere. That's why when I look at City and I look at what they're bringing in, it's if, if they can get the Sanchez deal done, I I think... I mean, at least in terms of attacking options. I don't... City are going to be as ridiculously high-flying as Monaco were last year. <laughs> Hopefully they defend better. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> I, I just, you, can, you, can just, you can just tell that Mourinho is getting a little bit agitated over how slowly his transfer business is moving. People don't want same... to play for him. This is the same thing that happened at it, and at, at Chelsea for him, and and it's it's the case of you know, it's it's the players do want Morato wanted to go, and they, but Real Madrid were like, eh, and then they were like, well, all right, screw you, we'll sign someone else. Inter have them up a creek with Perisic. They want Martial as part of a slot deal, and if barring that, they're holding out for fifty million for a player who, frankly, I don't think is that great. Um, it, it's, it's and they're desperately trying to add like width and and scoring out wide because the guys they have now, I mean, Rashford can score, but you know, Mata's not really a scorer; he's a creator. Um, Mkhitaryan didn't score enough for them last year. They didn't really have anyone scoring outside of Zlatan, and now they're trying to get these guys like like Perisic who can make some contributions out wide because they don't have that many legitimate wide players. And they, Milan just have them up, or uh, Inter Milan have them up a creek for him. It's just, yeah, he's, he, you can tell as of the transfer market. I would add and that, I would add that, and also say that if you look at Inter Milan right now, they are in no position to be bullied by anybody. They are doing 
serious business this transfer And that window. is the thing. You can serious tell business. how you can tell. Well, yeah, it, it, uh, do you mean Inter or AC Milan? Because AC Milan have suddenly decided they want to win Serie A again. Um, but but you, you look at, at these clubs that, you know, you feel I mean, even a few years ago, would not have been able to stand up to Manchester United or Manchester City or any, you name the big club. I'm not just, you know, taking shots at United here. You name the big club. Um, that these, these clubs in the past would not have been in a strong position to sit there and be like, you know what? No. Pay the asking price or start off, basically. And now we're getting that. And, and part of that is because the Premier League is so rich that it's like, look, Sure, we could ask $30 million for Ivan Perisic. They could do that. You'd probably pay it. We'd be fine with it. But for you, you woke up this morning and made $30 million in an hour by virtue of being in the Premier League. Cough it up, or you don't get the player. And it's, it's, it's a completely different environment. Because not that the Premier League was ever like on complete financial parity with the rest of European leagues, but the gap did not used to be as pronounced as it is now. No, and I think the that League, changed the market. I think the Premier League television deal like absolutely nuked that. And I know La Liga is looking for a deal that will, I don't know, bring them on par. But the problem with La Liga is that it's it. There are generally three clubs who get all the money. Paying to see two teams. Well, three teams. But yeah, for, that's fair. For, for 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 all intents and purposes, yeah. I mean, I just look at United, and and you were right. I absolutely did mean AC Milan with Benucci and and so on. It's sorry. Uh, uh, Inter is the one that Jose won the trouble with. Uh, let's get our Milans right. Um, yeah, Inter have no reason to sell. Uh, to Manchester United, it's not really something that uh, I mean for them they'd lose a pretty damn good player. I I just I kind of look at it the same way you do. They look at Perisic, they know he's a thirty million dollar player, but they also know that United have the extra thirty million dollars to add on to him, which would greatly enable them to compete with the likes of Juventus and AC Milan. Um, so they, they, they look at that and they say, well, Juventus sold you guys uh, Paul Pogba for $100 million. And now you want $30 million, or you want to only pay $30 million for Perisic, who's one of our best players. Why can't you pay 50 again for a guy that creates, is known around Europe as being a creative player, will add, as as you mentioned, Gray, uh, with, um, and and in theory, goals coming from the sides, you know, not, not just straight through the, the central striker but being able to create off to the sides, individual creators and one-on-one opportunities. And, and Perisic, you know, I don't, I don't know whether or not he's worth the money. Uh, he's a fun guy to play with on FIFA. That's about my standard of judgment <laughs> these days. 
Um, I don't watch too much Serie A. Um, so I, I've, I've only seen Perisic, uh, at the Euros and at, uh, uh, various different international competitions. Um, but you say you don't think he's worth that much, then I, I, I mean, I'm, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I think he's, and this isn't just me like slating him because he's a United target. I just genuinely like I would if City were interested in Ivan Perisic, I'd be like, eh. It's it's just he's a guy. He's a good player, but you know, I he's not better than Mata. He's not better than I don't know that. I think he's on par with her with Mkhitaryan. I it's, I, I I don't. You, you look at a United team that finished sixth and you kind of look at the, the players they're signing and Lindelof and Lukaku and Perisic and it's like, is, is this, is this what's going to really take them the next step? Um, you know, why aren't they in for Sanchez? Not, not that I want them to be in on Sanchez, but like, why are, you know, it, it feels like that's more along the lines of the player they should be targeting or even, you know, and an Obama Yang or a Dembele or, or anyone like like that, that you know, is they I it feels like they're aiming small. And I don't know if why, but and and maybe they've been spooked because they've gone on so many wild goose chases over the years under Ed Woodward. You know, every summer they're going to go in for Gareth Bale. Never happens. Bale's not leaving Madrid. You know, the Ronaldo rumors that lasted about a month earlier this mm, summer. Don't um, forget, don't Sergio, forget how Neymar Sergio, always coming. Mm-hmm. Sergio Ramos played them for a new contract. You know, stuff like that that they just seem to get suckered in on so easily. And it's like this summer, they're just like, okay, we're not doing any of that. It's it is great, great but it's, 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 it's just, you know, I, I, I feel like their transfer business this summer is not showing enough ambition for a sixth-place team that is going to be in the Champions League that has all the money in the world to spend. You know, it's yeah. just my opinion. Especially I think when... I think City's transfer business this summer has been much more ambitious than United's has. I think City's transfer business this summer has been the best in the, best in the uh, entire Premier League. I mean... I mean, Bernardo Silva might end up being the best midfield signing that any club makes in Premier League this summer. City, City now have three of Brazil's most exciting and young, promising stars. And two of them will be playing first-team football for Manchester City. Wait. Which ones are these again? Uh, that would be the young man that they just signed from midfield, Lucas. Um, then they have. Oh yes, Ederson, I know who you mean. Ederson. In oh yes. And okay, I was obvious. thinking of. I'm, I'm sitting here like, okay, I know they just signed one. I know you're talking about Gabriel Jesus. Who on earth is third? I'm thinking of outfield players, like desperately trying to think of one. I'm like, no, way. Oh him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ederson, but yes, that yes, guy. yes. That was the one I was forgetting. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're they're sort of reassembling the Brazilian national team. Let's let's talk about the Brazilian that got away, if we could. Um, yes, let's. 
is 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 Danny Alves, as near as we can tell, what happened with Danny Alves was that he had agreed with City. PSG basically came in on his wedding weekend and was like, yeah, hey, about that, you want to come play for us for like 230 million or 230,000 pounds a week when your wife, who works in Paris, can live here? He was like, eh, yeah. And that was, yeah, I saw a lot of people, you know, that's inevitably going to make people mad. And I do think it was kind of crappy for Danny Alves to do what he did after he gave a verbal to Guardiola. Nothing illegal about it. It's well within his right. I just think it was a crappy thing to do. But what do I, what am I, who am I to say that when I'm not the one making 230 million or 230,000 pounds a week to live in Paris? Um, but I, you know, I, I saw people, you know, well, the, the cheeky out people in particular who like to blame the director of football for everything that they can and keep moving the goalposts on why they hate him. You know, previously it was, well, he's not signing good enough players. And then it became, well, he can't seal the deal. Uh, it's like, you know, I wish he hadn't been able to seal the deal on the Mangala signing. We would have been a bit better off for it, wouldn't we have? That hasn't been yeah. the problem. Yeah. People pointed to the Laporta thing last summer. I was like, well, that was a guy who had an offer, was going to sign, and then at the last minute decided, you know, actually, I'm going to stay here. I'm not sure what you're supposed to do about that. You can't just keep upping the financial stakes for these guys. Just be like, come on, come on, come on, come on. But more money? More money? How about now? You ready now? And it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And City have a wage bill to consider. They have financial fair play to consider. They can't just, like, throw... This isn't... I think people think that, like, transfer business is like FIFA. Like, you, you, you do some negotiating, you do some counteroffer, and then you just offer the player money and he comes. I, it's, it, it doesn't quite work that way. Things happen. These are, in some cases, kids in their low 20s who are making life-changing decisions, and at the end of the day, they get cold feet. And in Danny Alves' case, it just got blown up. Basically, you know, I think if you want to blame anyone, you should be like, well, they should have probably just flown someone to Brazil, given him a medical, and then, like, signed the damn paper, if that's what you... But, you know, I don't have any problem with Barriol being like, yeah, go on your holiday, it's fine. I don't have any problem with Cheeky being saying, no, we're not going to... You know, I don't... I, it sucks, and I know that people want a scapegoat, but I don't think they're going to find one at City in the instance of Danny Alves. Well, they may find one. It, I just don't think it's going to be just. In other yeah, that's Like, I mean, I look at city and and you know we've we've brought this up, or you had uh, planned to bring it up at some point, which was the idea that. Uh, do City put out their transfer targets too far out in advance? In other words, like we tend yes. to. Yeah, I want. We, I did. Well, I did definitely want to discuss this, I, and we can I, I, jump I, I, right I, into that. I'm gonna put. Well, I'm gonna put a pin on that part of it, so okay. you can come back to and talk about it. Right. But. Um. What were wait? What were we previously talking about? Because now I got derailed. Well, we were we were talking about people looking for play the blame game because Danny Alves got away. Right. All right. Okay. So 
you know, it, it comes back to, you know, City announced their targets and, and people expect them to get done. But when you look at what Shiki got, get, has been able to get done in the last three transfer windows, um, it's been nothing short of impressive. Uh, when, when Shiki identifies the correct targets, it's fine. The problem in the past was wasting money on, like, some of these second- and third-tier level guys. But, you know, okay, sign De Bruyne, sign Sterling, sign Gabriel Jesus. Good, good, good. And this summer, good. It's it's, it's just – and I, I don't know I, – I think that's down to more than just the director of football if they're signing the wrong players. It's not like he's the only one sitting up there in his ivory tower being like, ah, yes, bring me Mangala now. Rest of you peons, get on it. You know, it's not, that's not how it works at a football club. <laughs> Um, well, n- not unless you're not unless you're uh, Bartomeo over there, or an Alex Ferguson, I suppose. Yeah, which I think Alex Ferguson was more hands-on by all accounts. That's one of those like Nick Saban types has to be involved in every step of the process. I, you know, this Alves thing. All right, here's the thing about Alves. I'm not gonna say that he doesn't ma- you know, oh, we didn't get the target and never wanted him anyway. That we never wanted thing. him anyway. All right, no, no. It would have been great to have Danny Alves at City, and he was an acknowledged target. So this is one that City did miss out on. There's no getting around that. City missed out on this one. That being said, um, I know not too many people who would turn down 230 thousand pounds or euros a week um I, I literally know nobody who would turn down that kind of money unless their name was like leo messi and cristiano ronaldo who are making like five and six hundred thousand uh pounds or euros a week um i i just you know when 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 paris saint germain hasn't had a good transfer window they really haven't. In fact, I would go as far as to say is that the Perry Sundermann project has taken a step back. Um, they see I, those plateau, don't they? They haven't gone. They haven't moved forward in year in a couple of years now. No, like. no, they're just cons- consistently around a sixteen to to quarterfinals, you know, in, in the UEFA Champions League. And, uh, you know, I mean, they do whatever they do at, at, in, in league. Uh, it's not the most difficult league in the world to win. But that team has so much freaking talent, and I don't care how fun Monaco are to play. PSG still should have won that league last year. End of story. I agree. End of story. And the fact that PSG, the difference between the Manchester project, the, 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 the city financial group or city football group rather, and Qatari sports investments is Paris is a really nice place to live, but league is garbage. And you're never, ever, ever going to see top talent in league. You'll see top talent rise in league uh 
there may be one or two players who just randomly decide to go there, but in terms of like you do, I mean, Zotton kind of used it as his pre-retirement retirement home. Yeah, exactly. He just camped out. You there? Yeah, sorry, I accidentally muted myself. Yeah, no, I, I can understand why somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo would want to, may want to retire there, you know, like you live in Paris and you get paid an enormous sum of money. It sucks that City missed out on Danny Alves because of what he would have provided to the Champions League. That would have been killer. Um if, but, can, if I can, yeah, if if I can be blunt for a moment, if there sure. was one one of City's transfer targets that, like, you, okay, here's the list of one of five or whatever it was, um, and you're like, they're going to miss out on one, pick which one they miss out on, I would have picked Danny Alves. The reason being really simple. In three, four years, it's not going to sting. It would I would be kicked if they missed out on Mendy or if they had missed out on Walker or Ederson, the younger guys who are going to matter in four, five, six, seven years. That would take me off. Danny Alves, I'll get over it pretty quickly because in the long term, it's a, it was a, such a short-term signing. Yeah, that yeah, it it's was, not it's not going to hinder Manchester City in the long term that they failed to land Danny Alves. No, and more importantly, if you're going to lose him, at least you lost him to a different league. Like let let Danny Alves do whatever Danny Alves is going to do. This team, as constituted, should be this team should crush Paris Saint Germain. If they were to meet in the, in the Champions League, I would take Guardiola's coaching and this roster over what Harry St. Germain currently have. How many players on City would be PSG's best player? De Bruyne, Aguero, Silva? No, you keep forgetting that that they've got Marco Verratti. They do. He's one of the best damn midfielders in the entire game. Like, I mean, he's box to box. I love Verratti. And I know, like, Barca, Barca fans are pissed because they really want Barca to, to get a guy like Verratti to sort of take over in midfield as some of these aging stars move out. Um and and that's why I've kind of paid attention to Verratti is the whole Barca thing. But uh, they've they've got they've got some good players. I think I think Aguero would be better than anybody they have. Um, if you want to amend it to like attackers, forwards, or whatever, then I think that yeah, I think that City have the better if, forwards. If City signs Sanchez. He would definitely be better than mm-hmm. anyone they have. I think City's midfield overall, as a unit, is superior it, to It's, uh, it's difficult for me because the midfield unit 
at PSG is actually pretty damn good. All right? Like, you've got Rybio, you've got uh, Blaise Matuidi, who's one of the best central defensive midfielders in the game, and then you've got Marco Verratti. Like, that's not a bad midfield. That I mean, there's a reason Paris Saint-Germain expects. I don't know that that's a Champions League winning midfield, but I would take that midfield if, if, if it were a choice between that and, I don't know, some other crap. I'd take that midfield over United. That's fair. And I'm not just saying that. I I <laughs> I I think Pogba's great, but mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Let, let's let's delve into the question that you mentioned because I wanted to discuss this a little bit. It sort of popped into my head after the Alves thing went down um, because I was struck by the general reaction to it, namely being like some people running around like their hair was on fire. Is it a mistake for City to so blatantly telegraph their transfer targets to the press? Because they do this. We know they do this. They've done it for years. We know at the beginning of every summer who Manchester City want to sign. Now, I don't know if this stuff actually helps or hinders transfers. Like if, if, if doing this helps get transfers done, then who cares what the fans think? Do it by all, by all means. You know, do what's best. But I don't know that there's any evidence that it does. And ultimately, I feel like it sets up for disappointment. Because if City failed to land one of their big targets, as they have done each of the last two summers, it feels like they lose a player, even though they never had him. And I, I, I don't know that, you know, and I'm mostly thinking in relation to the supporters here, it, it, it feels like it, it, it sets everybody up for disappointment if something doesn't happen. Um, and if it does happen, it's because it was expected to happen, and if it doesn't happen, it's because somebody screwed up. But let's go back and look at this. <clears throat> It was known that City wanted Laporte. It was known that they wanted De Bruyne. It was known that they wanted Raheem Sterling. Uh, Help me out here. It was known that they wanted Bernardo Silva. It was known that they wanted Ederson. It was known that they wanted, like, you can run down the list of players that it was known City wanted years in advance, and they're still in a City uniform. The number of people that City have put out there saying, this is a guy we want to sign, versus the number of people who've actually signed, versus the number of people that City have missed out on, it heavily favors putting the, the the damn names out there, I would say. I mean, what were the targets that City missed out on? Danny Alves and Laporte. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I just, it, it's 
And cities shouldn't, this is going to sound callous, and there's probably a way that I could phrase it better, but cities shouldn't do things with the fans in mind. <laughs> that already sounds terrible. Let me try to amend that to make that sound better. Supporter reaction should not be the primary uh, the primary say factor. It. I'll say it. No sports team should do Don't let the fans run the asylum. Yeah, like you can't let the inmates run run the asylum. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, uh, no, uh, on trans, yeah, on transfer, like you listen on ticket prices or match dates, whatever. You know, fans fans should always be taken into account on some things more than others. This is one of those things that I that they should be taken into account less than certain things. I agree. I I don't. The job of building the football club should be left to the people. And I'm not saying that cities don't have knowledgeable fans. But these people are paid a lot of money to put the best team in the world on the pitch. And they have a job to look at the club outside of what the supporters think, outside of what their rivals think, outside of what the media thinks, outside of what anybody thinks. Their job is to tune that noise out, look at the club, look at the landscape of the transfer market, and say, what can we realistically do to make this better every single summer? To be fair, I think they do. I think... Oh, I agree. They just list the targets first. And it's... it's, (laughs) I actually kind of enjoy it, mostly because... I don't know. I I, I don't because I like knowing things. Yeah, I don't have to spend an entire summer going. Look, I would rather it this way than to be a United fan and go from Murata to Lukaku. You know what I'm saying? Like being linked, being linked to like 500 players, right? Before you finally sign the agent. The agent's club of choice to be linked to with everyone so that they can drive up the asking price or get someone else interested. At a interested. certain point, have they signed a single player who isn't uh, under uh, the same uh, um, agency ship? Nino and Mendez. Because Lukaku Me- was a, a Nino Raiola client. Um Pogba was Mendez, but it seems like it's mostly those two. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know that these guys... I think players are smart not to sign with these agents, you know? I mean, I think guys like... I guess it depends on what they're after. Yeah, true. If you're you're looking for for the payday, then you can't really do much better. (laughs) Yeah, if you're looking for the payday, then, I mean, you might as well. I mean, it's the Lee Steinberg, you know, show me the money type situation. But then again, at the same time, how many Mino Raiola and Jorge Mendez guys get the sweetest deals, you know? There can only be so many pog buzz. Um, yeah. but, and but, if you are that good, you can you tend to the marketing opportunities tend to follow, regardless of what you do. Right, exactly. If if you're thumping them in, if you're putting them in from all different, you know, it, see, this is the thing about Lukaku, and and I'll 
be granted – be fair and say I didn't watch a lot of Everton this past year, a whole lot. Um, I know Lukaku is good. I've I've definitely seen highlights of him. But as I understand Lukaku's strengths, he's definitely more of a poacher. Um, not quite like a, a Javier Hernandez poacher, Chicharito, who just kind of pops up and pops it in. He does most of his work in the box. Um, Morata is the guy that actually isn't afraid to fire from beyond the box, as City found out on a couple of different occasions. Um, I, 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 I also think that the way that Lukaku plays isn't exactly favorable to Mourinho's disciplined and you know, regimented park the bus system. Maybe he is. I don't know. Um, but regardless, if Lukaku is popping in ball, let's say he signs with Manchester City. Well, he did. Let's say this next year for Manchester United, he has a phenomenal year. Uh, just individual production. You know, we'll say he has 22 goals, eight assists or so, and those goals are a variety. You know, there's a couple penalties in there. There's a bunch of headers. There's a couple inside-the-box strikes. And then you have some from, like, the top of the box. And just some all-around great strikes. I honestly think now that, if Lukaku turns out to be that decent, he's going to start to draw the attention of Real Madrid and uh, Barcelona eventually. It's just going to happen. And Man United will then be doing what they've been doing with De Gea every transfer window, which is hanging on for dear life. Because one day David De Gea is going to put on the Los Blancos shirt. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, I, I agree. Um, here, here's a question that I wanted to ask as well before we get on to the last topic. Um, if for whatever reason City do not sign Alexis Sanchez, what should they do? Should they look for alternatives? Should they settle for what they have? Should they, you know, go for a, yeah, you know, I don't know. I know Mbappe's already on their list, but should they, if, you know, all that doesn't work out, should they go for a Dembele or something like that? Should Or should they just stand pat and go with what they've got? Uh, well, Dembele isn't going anywhere. Dortmund have absolutely no interest in selling him. In fact, they've flat come out and said they're not even entertaining it. Like, they they said, look, we just got this guy on a five-year contract, and he's proven that he can play first-team football at the at the level he can. Why in the hell would we sell him after one year? You know, like we're we may not be a small a huge club, but we're not a small club either. You know, um, so you're not going to get somebody like an Usman Dembele. 
Um, honestly, I just save the money. Pot the money, man. Put it in your back pocket and take that. See what January brings about, and then you have fifty-five million to play with during the January transfer window. And if you need to re- reinforce your squad around then, go for it. Um, but if Alexis doesn't come, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of just going out and spending that money just because you need you like you've got it in yeah. your pocket and it's burning. Spending a hole. it for the sake of spending it, basically. Right, like it's burning yeah. a hole in your pocket. So let's spend fifty-five million dollars on a player who might suck. You know, yeah. like let's let's not do that. Yeah. I mean, if you can get Mbappe and, like, add the extra money and get him, okay. But I kind of agree with you otherwise. Um, it, it's it's I, – I don't think there are any other great fits out there on the market at any point that will become available at any point um, if you don't get Sanchez. It, it, just, it feels like it's kind of Sanchez or bust, which I'm okay with. Because, you know, would it be great to get a goal-scoring wide player? Yes. Um, will it be the end of you if you don't? I don't really think it will. So, I'm okay with that. Um, before we get to our listener question, let's talk about centerbacks because I don't know if you read it, but Sam Lee, who one of my favorite stories of this summer has been Sam Lee becoming a Manchester City cult hero. Um, but Sam Lee of Goal.com reported yesterday that City are still after center back. They went for Benucci. He didn't want to leave Italy, so it didn't happen. Um, they have two other names. One of them is Inigo Martinez, who is like the last nail on the list, and for good reason. Um, and if they can sign a center back, then they will try to shove Otamendi out the door, which is fine by me. And I was surprised by the rather visceral reaction that that report got in some some areas. I understand not wanting to lose Otamendi, but at the same time, I don't think he really is a long-term fit for the Guardiola style. So if they can sign a defender who is, I would not lose a wink of sleep if they sold Otamendi. Um how urgently do you rate City's need for a center back in this window? Um, we still don't know, by the way, who the, who the other center back, the mystery center back, which has been an underlined storyline all summer now. I don't know how bad City need a tr- uh, center back. I... um. I I I I want to say that they do. You know what I mean? Like I want to say they need one, but I don't think that they need a Benucci. Look, I know that Otamendi isn't anybody's favorite, but when Otamendi was playing alongside uh, a guy like Company, the games were going smoothly, and Otamendi was seriously put piling on some impressive stats. Not just interceptions, but his passing was, was you know, 80s and 90s. Um, he was winning aerial duels left and right, which is pretty incredible given his height. Um, 
and and he really has stuff rolling around on the ground. I mean, he'll he'll do it to try and draw fouls for against the other team after they've already messed with one of City's players. Usually, that's when Otamendi is like, "Oh, you're going to mess with one of our guys? All right, I got you." I like him. I I think he's sort of uh, an enforcer, <laughs> and I like that. You've got to have that. You've got to have one dude on there who's just fearless. And for everything that Vinny Company is, can you tell me that when he goes in to play a ball that he's fearless? Or do you think that maybe he's worried a little bit about getting hurt? I was about to say he was before he got hurt. Right, right. And now that it's happened so often, can we confidently say, can even company confidently say that he'll, he can play fearlessly over the course of 90 minutes? I don't think he can yet. I don't think he's shown a season lately where he can. Now, that being said, they look like they're getting his fitness issues sorted out, and and company's a world-class defender, so you keep him. But I also think that playing alongside Otamendi, I, I, City kept clean sheets. They They got past their opponents. They finished where they needed to finish. They finished as high as they could finish. Those were the two that brought it home. It wasn't John Stones. Yeah, well, quite frankly, I don't. <clears throat> I, I, I don't. Well, I ranted about Ultimate a couple times last year, and I stand by it. Look, I, I get <laughs> how how good a defender are you if you need a world-class defender next to you to make you look good? Well, I think it's not so much that you need a world-class defender next to you to look good. I think it's that you need to have somebody who's grounded in a different playing style next to you if you're going to play that particular way. And I think that company is the perfect complement to that. It's it's sort of like David Luiz and, and, and Tiago. Those two play off each other so well because one is completely reckless and fearless. The other one kind of hangs back and makes sure that no no mistakes are are made as a result of of any any sort of carelessness or or vacating your position, leaving leaving open territory, whatever it is. I know that you've ranted on Otamendi. I'm not trying to change your mind here. I just truthfully don't think that Otamendi – I would rather have Otamendi starting than the Stones right now. I don't agree at all. I would much rather press forward with Stones' development. Put him next to a good defender um, and get him get him to where he needs to be. He was guess, next to good defenders last year, and he's – Still didn't yeah, get it right. Otamendi. Okay. No, he was against in the early seasons. It was him and company. Company was never fit early last season. I thought I thought company started out fit and then got hurt. I think he started out hurt, came back, got 
hurt again almost immediately and then got back at the end of the season. Okay, that that could be right. You know, at a certain point, your your injury you kind of forget, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really you really do. Um, I I okay, so I, I will say at least this much: I I didn't see enough out of Stones to make me think that. He's amazing. Like, I just, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll I think you see. have to pick and choose where where, where you're going to start. Because you can't, you know, he's got to play at some point. He's not going to get better if he doesn't play. Um, You, you just have to figure out where that's, where that's going to be and how much. I think that's one of the bigger challenges of the year that Guardiola is going to have, actually. Yeah, I I think it's going to be an interesting. Uh, what what concerns you? Maybe not concerns, but I mean, what what interests you the most about it? About stones? No, I, the, no. The, um, I, I the the fact that like, you know, I don't think. You know, regardless of how he feels about Osmendi, I don't think he's in Guardiola's long-term plans. Um, and we we know how much Guardiola loves to get his hands on these younger guys and shape them and mold them. Like he loves that. He loves to do that. Stones is a dream for him. He he relishes that challenge. So it's it's. I just. The way I see it, Stones is a guy that Guardiola has, A, invested a lot in, B, has a ton of potential, and C, is going to be one of his pet projects for as long as he's at Manchester City. So I think there's going to be a fair bit of focus on John Stones in some way as long as as long as long he's fit and Guardiola's at Manchester City. That's the way I see it. If that's the case, then why are City being so secretive about their center back? I don't know. You don't really think they've lost faith in Stones after a year. I certainly don't think that. I think that Guardiola doesn't think Stones is ready. Well, then they shouldn't have spent $50 million on him. He did that. That was not, you know... That was that was uh, sure sure, but I'm going to say this. I don't necessarily know that Guardiola expected him to be ready. You sign yeah, a guy, you sign a guy I, on a long term contract. You develop him out. I mean, he doesn't go out on loan, so he's not going to be bitter towards City, and they'll likely get. They're likely going to get all of these guys to sign extensions, I would imagine. I mean, one or two will probably move on of their own, but City are pretty good about extending players. They're one of the better well, clubs in that department. Yeah, too good. They've given out some very loyal extensions that they never should have given out. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. What, what I will yeah. say is that, you know, I think, and this was a bit of naivety on Pep's part, I think, but I think that he thought he could pair him with company to further his development, and he never was able to do that because his company was never fit until it was the end of the season, and by that point, Stones was dealing with injury. Um, 
and Stanley's article said basically as much. It was they didn't think they ended up having to play him constantly with Otamendi, and and they didn't have any other options because company was never fit, and they didn't think that was good for his development. So I think you know I and frankly I think maybe it wasn't naivety. I mean it's I think it's why they wanted Benucci last summer and why they went back in for him this summer. So, I, I don't know. I think, I, I, I don't think Pep thinks he's ready, but I don't think, I don't know if this makes sense. I don't think he, Pep thinks he's ready, but I don't think Pep thinks he's not ready, if that makes any sense whatsoever. He's somewhere in between. He's very much a work in progress. Okay, he's a work in progress, but you go out, you try and get Benucci, and now you have a mystery center back that we don't know about who came, or rather, who moved up on the list after it turned out that City went after Benucci again, and he didn't want to leave Italy. I'll ask this. You seem to be operating on the assumption that they're the mystery center back is because they don't rate Stones yet. What if it's because they don't rate Osmendi? Or they no, don't rate I, companies' chances of fitness? I, I don't I, I I don't I don't think that's it at all. If they didn't rate Otamendi, then why would Pep start him as often as he did? And why would Pep embrace him after every because game? Because like, he had no one else. Who else is uh, going to play Pep, center back when something I, I, I have to disagree with you here, man. Pep, if you go back and watch games, after some of those games, man, Pep would come over to Otamendi and he would be like, he would stop him. And you could tell that they were, you know, speaking in Spanish and talking to one another, but it was obvious that Pep was thrilled with what Otamendi was doing, you know? Like, I mean, this is a guy who, like I said, is an 80%, 90% passer at times, and that's a huge thing. He knows when to bring the ball out. He knows how to bring the ball out. He can get back. He's got good recovery speed. Um, he does do a lot of dumb things, and like I said, I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm saying no, I get that. everything that I have witnessed with my own two eyes does not in any way suggest to me that Guardiola does not rate Otamendi. Fair. I think there are parts I may of have this gone story, a, bit too, a bit too strongly. I, I think there are parts be... of this story that that aren't that are being left out because I don't think yeah. Otamendi is going to be moved. I really don't. I would not be shocked if he was, but I suppose things will bear that out, won't they? I would I would find it stupid if they were because I think he's a good enough defender to help City across all four competitions. Okay. I mean, Let's answer you some. Will... Oh. Sorry, sorry, I was going to say, you really mean to tell me that that guy can't help you against Middlesbrough or Brighton no, or Albion, you know? He can. I, I mean, he he knows how to run this system, and I think that that alone is going to be more helpful than, let's say you bring in a new center back and ship out Otamendi. Now let's say that Benny Company goes down. You now have zero center backs 
that are trained and tried in your system. Zero. Yeah. I think Pep is more worried about the right fit than like than 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 anything else. But you know, perhaps I I don't I don't know that he necessarily sees Otamendi as the wrong fit. I think it's that you know maybe there's a better fit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't yeah. know. Maybe you're maybe you're right that there's something that's being left out here. But I suppose we'll see. Let's answer that's, some listener questions. My, fine by me. <laughs> Um, will Pep play a full strength squad given the travel roster? Of course, for any, all, or none of these U.S. games. I mean, I think we'll see everyone. I'm not sure at the same time. How close are the Confederations Cup guys to joining us? Uh, they're not going to. They get all of July They're not going off. to? No, yeah, well, they, get all of, they get all of July off. Yeah. Um, well, there you go then. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think that... I think there will be a lot of mix and match, honestly. And I, it kind of goes in with our next question. Do you guys think we will get to see Sancho, Foden, Tosin, Brahim, et cetera, get to start mixed with some of the first team on the U.S. tour? Yes, I absolutely do think that's going to happen. Um, especially considering how much we've heard about how highly Pep rates Sancho, Foden, Brahim, those three in particular, I think we will see a lot of. Yeah, I I also think that they will they will be, be given their fair. I mean, when they did this the last time, a lot of these young players uh, featured on the uh, on the. That's convinced the us that Adarabio was going to start last year. Yeah, I mean, so against, much in the his, summer. His performance against Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean, he was he was phenomenal, man. He was absolutely phenomenal. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how many are going, and I, I don't. I sold my tickets to the game, so I won't be going. Um, we'll be watching in some way, shape, or form. Pep will play a full string squad given the travel roster, of course, for any all. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you determine a full-strength squad to be, but um, if the first listener question was, do you think we're going to see the star, like all of like uh, uh, a De Bruyne? The best 11? Yeah, the answer is going to be, the answer is likely no. Uh, Um, Not all at the same time. No. Uh Um, But, uh, yeah, it, it... the last the last several uh tours that they've gone on the the preseason tours they've always made a point of bringing some of these young names with them and Tosin and uh I think Brahim even went last year too um or maybe I just remember seeing Brahim's highlights from from uh from Twitter but um you know, Tosin, he just signed a new contract. This could be a chance for him to get out there and uh, show Pep what he can do, maybe earn a, a start every now and again um, in, in Pep's lineup. Uh, it's pretty clear that they value him. Yeah. I mean, they value him more they, than they, Jason they, 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 they are. 
that's for sure. I kind of I feel bad for Denaire. They have not. I done really well. do too. Man, he, they haven't he, done he, well for him at all. They messed him up. They they should have sold him when they had the chance. They messed him up. This was like if this was what they were going to do to him, they should have sold. Him. Um, thoughts on the rumors that Otamendi will be sold and replaced by Yuri Berchiche from Sociedad? Know anything about? No, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> so I'm not going to even try. Um. I mean, what, what, what do you we've, got? we've made our we've made but our thoughts Otamendi on Otamendi clear. Will be sold and will be replaced. But okay, first off, Berchiche is signed a uh, four-year contract with Paris Saint-Germain on the seventh of July, twenty seventeen. So I'm going to guess that no, in no way, shape, or form will he be replaced by uh, Berchiche because. Yeah, he literally. I wonder. I wonder if he meant. I wonder if he. I wonder if he meant Martinez. In which case, we did touch on that. That may be that. Was, that, that was. Yeah, that Berchiche was the name that was in the same way Berchiche is that. That's yeah. That's not even a one for one because Berchish or Berchiche or whatever. Um, he uh, he's a left back. They still seem to be settled on Mendy and Bertrand at left back, which is fine by me. Men, yeah. I mean, so, I don't know. My, my guess is that he meant uh, Inigo Martinez. <laughs> you kill my father, prepared to die. Right. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I would think um, that that. Let, let me just put it. Let me just phrase this succinctly. I have no idea what's going to happen with the mystery defender, but I can tell you this much. Manchester City don't want anybody guessing who it is. So, Which is interesting to me because like, we just had this discussion about how open they are about everything. Mm-hmm. So they must fear that in this instance, discretion is not the better part of valor. And there are always players that Manchester City sign who are not on their pronounced list. And it's because they don't feel like dealing with, with the competition for them. Um, as it's even... Bernardo gotten, Silva came as a com- almost a complete surprise at the start of the summer. Yeah, exactly. And and um, yet you look at... Uh, <laughs> The the guys that they have brought in, there's always been a surprise or two in there. And I think that that City try to, as best as possible, keep everything close to the vest. But understandably, they can let people know that a a few targets are on their radar. And... The surprises the thing, always seem to be guys who are being linked to other clubs because last year it was Gabriel Jesus and the year before it was Otamendi. Um, neither of them were widely mooted as going to City before City got involved. Yeah. They were all going somewhere else. So it's it's weird. It, it's it's truly and amazingly weird how it works out that way. So I'm not even fully sure that City give out. All of the uh, all of the goodies with the basket when they when they give out those names, but I do think though that whoever this center back is, they clearly do not want people knowing about it. They don't want to deal with the competition on it. 
I would imagine that the kid is uh, going to be able to contribute right away because, again, if he is being kept a secret, there's a reason for that. I have to assume that. So I'm gonna, my, my assumption is that it's because he can play. It's not a, it's not a lengthy er, uh, assumption. It's, it's, it's just the best I can come up with as to why you would keep something like that a secret. Now the question is, when does it get done? We have no idea. We know that Walker no is done. We know Mendy is probably next. Yeah, I keep hearing that, but I have no idea when that means. Because they, they sounded they like it was going to get done this week. If it does get done this week, then I will be an okay man. <laughs> I mean, right. if, it, um, if it gets yeah. done this week, who would we have finally? Who would City have? It have. Wendy uh, Walker, uh, Ederson, and Bernardo Silva. So we just need Bertrand and Alexis. Yep. Plus this and the mystery different. center back. I can't wait to um, mystery center back. Mystery center back. Can we, Ooh, we even after one. they sign if, if they sign him, even after they sign him, can we just keep calling him mystery center back? We can, MCB. All right, so Jamie Elazar said, what's the latest on Sanchez? That's all I care about. The latest uh, on Sanchez is that he told the Chilean media that he wants to play in the Champions League, and it's up to Arsenal, and Arsenal are still acting like they're going to keep him. But that doesn't yeah. really necessarily mean anything. So there you go. That one's going to okay. take a while. Yeah. It would not surprise me if we're still talking about that one in a month. Uh, Paul Merson's, uh, Paul Merson called on Arsenal to negotiate a swap deal for Sergio Aguero. You give us Aguero and we'll give you Alexis. Like, yeah, okay, dude. No, you're just going to give up Alexis. That's how that's going to go. Paul Merson um, has apparently been reading too many troll football books. He really has. Um, really, Jamie, this is what I can tell you. Both Gray, myself, family of goal, I'm sure Stu, I'm sure those other guys, I'm sure Ason, I'm sure Howard Hawkins, like, I'm sure Ian Cheeseman, every single one of them are going to tell you that as best we all know, Man- Manchester City believe, they believe that they will get the Sanchez deal done. That is their belief that uh, Arsenal, though putting up a front right now, will eventually sell. <clears throat> so... Uh, oh, there we go. Mourinho had a Freudian slip when asked about Murata. Some For some reason, he spoke about Sanchez. Maybe it wasn't Freudian. Do, 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 do. Anyway. Um, I think that is, the one, yeah. one person chimed in and said that he was talking about Jose Angel Sanchez, Real Madrid uh, general manager, not Alexis. I don't care what Jose Mourinho has to say about anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't really much. <laughs> the, 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 the point of that is this: um, everybody in the world believes that uh, they're coming, 
uh, Sanchez's coming uh, and that he will be a city player. Uh, it's just going to be a question of whether or not it's this week or next week. Or next month. <clears throat> or, excuse me, this year or next year? Yeah. I don't know anyway. why I said this week mm-hmm. or next week. I was I was trying mm-hmm. I was staring at some of these rumors on Alexi while while I was trying to find okay what's the very latest I can tell Jamie. Um, <laughs> and by the time you hear this, it may not even be the latest, but we tried. Okay. We yeah, we've try. we've we've given it our all. Look, I think Alexis is coming. Uh, Gray thinks Alexis just is coming. Be, just be prepared to be a little bit patient. And That's a little all. bit disappointed. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Okay. Um, did you have anything you wanted to close with? Uh, no, I apologize for all the stumbles and bumbles this morning. I was not quite fully awake when we did this podcast. I'm sending a shout out to my roommate uh, who left yesterday. Um, well, he went to go get drunk with his family last night because uh, this morning or tomorrow morning, he has to drive like they have to leave at three in the morning to drive down to UCLA Medical Center for him to be operated on. They're going to cut open his spine um, and they're going to try and remove a tumor um, after cutting open his spine. So I, uh, yeah, I was kind All of a wreck last yeah, I was kind of a wreck last night, and I took a lot of sleeping pills so that I could go to sleep because I had nerves and anxiety through the roof. Uh, and so I wasn't fully awake today, and I, pro- I I am sorry about that. I know there were times when maybe I didn't make a little bit of sense. I apologize about that. My head is a little elsewhere right now and probably will be until after he comes out of surgery, which fortunately will be before Gray and I record again, unless, like, Mendy, Bertrand, and the Mystery Center back get done by Monday. (laughs) I hope they don't. I I would prefer being able to get a computer. (laughs) Yeah. By the next next time we do this, I should have a computer. That's going to be a good one. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge. So... It's going to be huge, bigly... Bigly. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search the name. And you can check us out on Blog Talk Radio. They are our sponsor. For Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening. If you're going to any of the U.S. games, I don't know when we'll talk to you next. If you're going to any of the U.S. tour games, have fun. Have a great time. Send us your experiences. We would love to hear about them because we can't go ourselves. So we would like to live vicariously through you. Um, And have a great time. We will talk to you again later. Bye, everybody.